it's Hubbard. Mm-hmm. And you're listening to the About Last Night podcast, you slippery little son of a bitch. Hello. What time is it there in New Zealand? That's a personal question. Yeah, but, you know, I feel like we're close enough that you can tell me and just me. Nice. You got a mic now. Oh, yeah. I got a Steve, too. It's in my butt. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sorry. Steve is the name I named my butt plug, so. Yeah, I would like to think that if I look, I think if I had any sort of sex toy, I'd probably name it, right? If or is that a girl you, thing? No, I don't know. If you have anything that you wear inside of you or that makes you come, I would hope that you would personify it somewhat. <laughs> All right. Good to see you, Sam. It's like Charlotte's Web, but for sex toys. What would you buy first? In your, uh, what do you think your marriage would be more open to? A cock ring or a butt plug? And by the way, if you buy both, who's the headliner? Who's the feature? (laughs) Well, the butt plug is the feature. (laughs) And uh, do you want me to give you the chronology of what we bought first? Wait. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) My, My wife is like, I bought you this beautiful cock ring and you never wear it. Like it's for special occasions, honey. Wait, it's like one of those shirts. Like what are what are those shirts you get like from I uh I went to I, I went to New York and all my dad brought me back was this lousy t-shirt. Like yeah. my mom went to the pleasure chest and all she got me was this stupid cock ring. <laughs> <laughs> it's a butt plug that reads my wife went to the pleasure chest and all she got me was this lousy butt plug. And if you're seeing this, you're up way too close or eating my butt. Yeah. yeah. Or that's what the tattoo would say. Or yeah, it's like, yeah. Uh, there's gotta be uh there's gotta be a world where, where somebody gets, I don't know how quickly that would happen in uh, a family that is that open. Like if you're, parents-in-law or anyone on the other side or any family member got you um you know a sexual gift would it would that be the end of the or are you so comfortable in your you know dealings with people at this point that you know that you can like like facial expression your way out of it or like make a joke to be like oh thanks uncle mike like just what I always are. You can't ever have too many, uh, too, too many uh, pairs of uh, glow-in-the-dark handcuffs, and then you just walk away, right? Or what's the move? Well, first, I mean, my parents got me a sexual gift, this Adonis-like body. That's one. <laughs> yeah, Two, yeah. Um, you know, everyone's got that relative that thinks they're funny, but they don't get context, right. you know? 
So like the, you got that relative that would get you like a vibrator and be like, it's not for you. It's for her. Thank me later. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you get to hold on to it. You're like, what? I, you know, you know, no one's more well equipped, equipped to deal with that kind of situation than you or I, but at the same time, man, you gotta be a real either moron or piece of shit to get a relative, a, a sexual device. I think so. I think, or, if, you know, you just have different priorities. That's a, yeah. If you're buying also at, at when are you giving it at the family once a year barbecue or sending it as a birthday gift, probably if you're buying it, you're, you're giving it to them live. Cause that person has said, says this when they give it to them. I just wanted to see your face when you opened it. Yeah. You know what though? I mean, it might be creepy and it might be, considered amoral by a lot of people but if you got a 13 year old boy a fleshlight for his bar mitzvah that cool would be rabbi. probably like, like yeah, you're very cool rap like the like a rabbi who gets it rabbi gets it rabbi gets it <laughs> rabbi gets it <laughs> he gets all the kids fleshlights and uh vibrators for their bar mitzvah bar mitzvahs you hear the rosenblatt's uh transferred temples why why Bro, Rabbi gets it, gets a wits. He got it a little too close a wits. <laughs> somebody, I saw on some podcast the other day, they were talking about how somebody had joked about using like Korean baby circum, uh, the skin that from the or skin. Yeah. For like, uh, you know, facial stuff. And, yeah. uh, and they were saying how there's probably like a, I think it was Theo and Joe Coy about there being a, an underground market for the foreskin. And it just got me thinking about how people do get it later in life. And I, I feel like you missed your boat. If it wasn't, if it didn't happen, I don't know when I got it. I think my mom said like, I think it was a baby, right? Yeah. Yeah. But who probably had a bris, which means it was within eight days of your birth. Okay, cool. Yeah. Anything I'd say, I don't know, past one, is you're going to remember that. And that's just like, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have to not be allowed in, in, in having any say about who touches your penis first. Well, and at first, one at eight days old, which by the way, is it eight days because of that's how long the oil burnt. And that's where they're <laughs> trying to keep it consistent with Hanukkah. The, it, they're like, it's going to be wish, at least eight days until he comes. Okay. So let's cut it off now. <laughs> um but you know like you, there are people that get adult circumcisions oh but I've, I've, <laughs> no, i mean like look i mean live your life it, like there's i think there's no there's no wrong way to eat a reese's and there's no bad time to to cut off your foreskin i i have you know un involuntarily seen it's you know uncircumcised weans in porns and man that is awful <laughs> maybe just because i've gotten so used to my own concoction mm. pun intended zing <laughs> we'll edit in a boy what would you prefer if you were if you had a show the actual sound effects or you on the mike howard stern style doing them like that <laughs> 
or actually I think a combo of the two. Maybe the drops of you doing it. Um, now, how many sound effects do you do in your debut comedy album, special album, Daddy Boy? I maybe do like three or four sound effects. You know, I'm I'm no Michael Winslow from Police Academy, but you know, you gotta there's gotta be a performative element. You can't just be up there rattling off jokes like a joke robot. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. You know, I'm pretty proud of it. It's it's way overdue. Should have put out an album years ago. But you know what? The stars aligned. Yeah. Also, and, I don't. Yeah. Go ahead. You know, there's a pandemic. There's a shortage on what people can consume. So it was obviously just the right time. Okay. Thanks for coming by. This is at Sandy Danto on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> I wish I had the nerve to do that quick a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Circumcision. Give a quick plug and then back to butt plugs and then we're out. <laughs> we did uh, everything that we needed to do. Um, how You've been doing stand-up how long? 14 years 14 years um yeah i think you're 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 uh that's i don't think there's any again there's no blueprint for this there's no like rule book for it so things like putting out an album getting a special i think those are things that we all want pretty early on because as soon as you get a little bit of momentum and rhythm as far as like success on stage you feel like you're ready for to put it all on uh on tape after that first set where it goes well from the from start to finish, yeah, you're just like, all right, I'm ready. You're like, where cool. are the cameras? Where you're are like, the groupies? All I gotta do is tape this three minutes and write fifty seven more. <laughs> all I gotta do is copy and paste these three minutes. <laughs> yeah, twenty times. See if Adam will let me borrow his Folgers joke. <laughs> uh, now you recorded it at the world famous punchline in San Francisco where I did my album, read the room and you, uh, you always come up there with me and then start getting your own uh, headline spots because of just crushing it. And does it mean more that that happens frequently at that club because of how prestigious it is? And, um, you know, cause you know, you're in a place where, you know, you're stacking the chips and getting really strong and, you know, or could e easily start headlining. There's just all other these other factors that go into that. I mean, even me now, it's like I have less opportunities because a lot of big acts are doing clubs and pushing guys at my level out a bit because they want to do shows and so there's clubs that are figuring it out, but they necessarily don't have the means or desire to do like a outdoor driving thing. Also, they want the you know, like we've uh, had the club, uh, you know, interaction and how much better that is. But is there uh, is there something extra special about the punchline being so revered and Molly, who runs the club and is considered, I think, like a Mitzi-esque figure in comedy that she, you know, handpicked you to be someone to be up there more and then allow you to do it there? Definitely. Like, obviously... There, there are certain clubs when you're a comic that mean more to you. The comedy store, obviously, but the improv, but um, the punchline is like is probably like the next one I would mention, just because Mo yes, Molly Schmidt Key and uh, the the whole staff up there, and just 
there's something about San Francisco that that I vibe with the yeah. the the people there, but they're not an easy crowd. And you'd think like, oh, they're gonna the, San Francisco, they're gonna be really hyper liberal and social justicey, but they laugh at if it's a good joke, it doesn't matter how taboo of a subject it is. And it does mean a lot more, especially because all right, so fun fact, I used some of um when you recorded your album, I had had my deal with um, 800 pound gorilla who put out both our albums Yep. and they recorded my sets. They're like, well, just, you know, record them and see. And then I ended up using some of the bits from those shows on my album. That's awesome. So it was, you know, for me, it was just like, I have a hard time just like making the decision, especially when it comes to something like, where am I going to record my album? That's like a, like, it's just a hard thing to, to choose and, and the stars to align, especially after there was the prospect of that historic club in San Francisco, not being there anymore. Cause yeah. Google bought the building and they were going to kick them out. I was like, it's gotta be there. It's gotta be there. So once it was almost taken away, you were like, well, now it's got to be. Also, think about, I think for you, it carries a similar significance uh, that it does for me as far as one of the first places that headlined me uh, spent so many time, had so many um, amazing comedy weekends there with Bobby Lee. You and I both started mm-hmm. going up there with Bobby. And mm-hmm. then how uh, the just the fun that you and I would have there on and off the stage. And again, the city and the room, and it is an ideal comedy room because it's, you know, yeah, it's not a 350 or 500 seat really deep venue, excuse me, venue, but it, uh, it's so intimate that it, it, and the crowds are so sharp, but so generous and, and welcoming of silly and smart that, uh, if you, if you're, if you're not connecting, you have no option to not, uh, connect and bring and bring energy too, and especially in it being a smaller room it's uh they're they're like hey man it's it's not that big in here so if you're not bringing it you're not gonna hear it from us and it's gonna yeah it's the kind of room that if you do what you're supposed to do and you're just yourself up there it's gonna go well no matter what and that's not to say anyone can go up there and do great like the room and the people in there and the atmosphere that's created by it, like has a way of, of checking your credentials. Yeah. And, and that's what the comedy store is. That's what the improv is. And that's why I love those kind of clubs. And the, the first like major, major club I ever headlined was the improv in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. I did 45 minutes. It was awesome. But the first place I ever did an hour on the road where it really felt like this is what headlining is. This is what doing your hour is, was at the punchline. And it did feel that much more validating to do it there. Like I could have done it in the belly room at the store where you and I both like cut our teeth. We, there's no question about it. Like that room would mean a lot to us. On the stool doing a, doing a, (laughs) Doing, doing an act out of getting curb stomped. <laughs> doing an doing my American history X bit. Wait, 
who when you think of biting the stool, who do you immediately think of? Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> he does that bit where he bites the stool and flips it over with his mouth. And it's is, is he it's he's acting like it's his girlfriend, right? No, what is he? God, I wish I could bit? remember yeah. a bit verbatim, but I, I used to be able to remember it, and now I, it's been so... He, you know what? That's one of the bits he's he's phased out. Yeah. Uh, how long did it take you to decide the material? Because I feel like, you know, you write so much, and you have... Even when I was talking to you about putting together a, uh, a late-night set, and, and you had... Or I think it was submitting for Adam Devine's house party back in the day, and you had submitted, like, an all-new tape, and I was like what about this and this and this that crush all the time? And you're like, oh, that's older stuff. It was like maybe a year or two old. But I was like, well, this is trying to be your first time out. And that stuff right. hasn't. And you forget, too, that just because it might be, I feel a little old to you, it's like, well, there's still billions of people that haven't even heard it. And 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 it's going to be new for the first time for. <clears throat> so how far back in your catalog or notebooks did you go to compile it? And how much did you go? All right, I want to have a, some new things, some newer things, uh, but I want to make sure that I I crush it from top to bottom. Uh, something old, something new, something shiny, something blue. Yeah, a I joke listen- that's blue. Because <laughs> I listen butt plugs. Because <laughs> yeah. I listened to uh, some of the free streaming things, and it sounded so good, and it was your energy was Thank great, you. and it was it just I I couldn't wait to listen to the whole thing, which oh, it's man, available available so. now or. Right. It's available everywhere. Now, okay. Great. Wherever you like apps that I didn't even know existed. It's it's on like buttplug.com. <laughs> yeah. Like you can stream it through your butt. It's got like uh sonic waves, the way dolphins communicate. Uh, it just it streams up through your colon. Can, but, you shazam, um, can you shazam the album? You think if you just heard oh, that's a good question. Playing, can you like, I'm going to try that later, but I'm, I bet you could. Um, because it's connected to like Apple Music, Spotify, all those apps. Okay, but... So it's on all the places you get it. Yeah. And yeah. okay. So, so yeah. What was the organization of the, you know what? I'm going to answer this question, but I want to ask you the same question about yours. Not necessarily this last one, because I, I was there for the recording and I listened to it and I know the answer to the question, but for pop tart suicide, that was your first like real. I mean, yeah. I have, I have in your boobs still on, on, <laughs> compact disc oh man but i don't think that you (laughs) (laughs) there's nobody there but there's somebody there and i see you hey guys comedian adam ray here thanks for listening to the about last night podcast i hope you're enjoying the episode and i hope you're doing okay it's a crazy crazy time right now and if you're a little uneasy i get that and i've also got the answer koi cbd say it with me koi cbd feels good and it does feel good because I use all their products. I've been fucking with the fellas at Koi CBD since my circumcision. And I'll tell you this much. They're the best in the game. Okay. Gummies, bath bombs, tinctures, joints, creams, oils. They got stuff for pets. Koi CBD has been giving the people what they need to feel better, to mellow out, to go to sleep right, to take away the aches and pains with the creams and oils. The bath bombs make bathing just the best thing ever. You get a little... A little radiation high from the from the bombs. I don't know what's in it, but fucking goodness and and just all sorts of. It's amazing. Okay, it feels like drugs, 
and it's not because it's CBD. So if you want to get these amazing products, and I know you do because they got the Adam Ray stamp of approval, go to KoiCBD.com and put in the code ALN15 to get 15% off your first order. KoiCBD.com, the promo code ALN15 to get 15% off your first order. Do it today and start living and feeling the right way. And now back to the episode. There's a lot of sophomoric uh, goofy. We listened to it together recently, didn't we? Like a couple I, years ago. On a drive, yeah. And yeah, was, oh my God, so <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah, and then I did Fat Camp, which was, uh, I recorded oh, at Lestat's. But I, yeah. and I think that is out there. And then Pop-Tart Suicide uh, was, I really rushed that one because I was going on Craig Ferguson and I wanted to have something stand-up wise to promote. Also, I was like, what, I think, I think I was nine or 10 years in at that point and I wanted uh yeah i was like i'm ready to put an an album out um but uh and also hearing craig ferguson say pop tut suicide (laughs) and (laughs) was i mean he even laughed he was like what the fuck am i saying right now (laughs) um wait okay so so So, uh like you said there's no timeline and all that and you know i've been doing it 14 years as my first album and uh i went back you know like I'm 14 years in. There are some good jokes from 12, like 12, 13, 10, eight years ago that I just don't do because it, they're like, you know, I cycle through jokes like every couple months. And, uh, you know, I have some standbys that I keep in because because I know they work for the road and all that. But like I try to write as much as I can. And so just so I, like, I forget about bits. So I did go back through notebooks as, as far as like 13 years ago. Cause I was like, these are old, these are good jokes that I just need to document. Yeah. Like they may not apply to my life anymore, but the way I did the album was like, it's called daddy boy because I have a kid now, but I still identify as a child myself. Which like I I'm think it's great. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I think you're a better like, parent if you can access more of your kid like features. For sure. It, I mean, it I say that you. only being an uncle and not being a father, which I know probably real parents hate when non-parents are like, here's how being a parent is, <laughs> you know, but. Well, it, it it's definitely that something that you have an awareness of. So that makes it easier <laughs> to, to, um, to relate to you on. But like, that's the exact thing relating with kids. It's like, you see the parents who are like, cut that out. Stop it right now. You're going to get a timeout. It's like, Quit being a kid. Yeah, you got to like put yourself in in the kid's shoes and like deal with them in a way that would be effective from their point of view. Like what's going to make them stop yelling at them isn't that. And so you're absolutely right. Like being able to be and be identify like people are like, I identify as, you know, whatever gender me. I identify as a child, even though I'm a grown up. (laughs) And so the album being titled Daddy Boy and having those old jokes that don't necessarily apply to my life anymore. It was about like the album is about that journey of like going from being like this young juvenile man in standup all the way to the arc of like getting married, trying to make a child, it being difficult and not knowing that that's even a thing. And then like the, the whole spectrum of like my, spanning my stand-up career so i there are some jokes like there's a joke i did it was like my first joke that i was that i was proud of not the first joke that did real well but the first joke that i was like this is a cool joke about me going to rehab 
Whereas like, but you got to get addicted to something else. So I got addicted to cheesecake, but then I had to go to cheesecake rehab. That was like one of my, and then it's like a whole long thing. And then the punchline's like, so now I just do drugs. Yeah. And <laughs> That's so funny. But yeah, like, you know, otherwise it's like these good jokes that you write that you forget that fall by the wayside. They just never get documented and you know what i maybe for the next one there will be other jokes from like 2007 2008 2011 whatever that i look back in notebooks i'm like this will work in the context of what i'm trying to do here but like i just picked out jokes that i thought were funny that i don't do anymore i mean plenty of jokes that i do do the funny thing is like there were a lot of jokes that were in my current rotation when i recorded the album that i didn't put in there just because I was like, well, you know, like you write a joke and you do a joke and you record it or you put up a, a video of it or you do it for TV. And then like a week later, you come up with like two new tags that you're just like, fuck, I wish I got that on the show. Of course. In the, in the recording or on the tape or, you know, whatever it is. So I was just cognizant of that and didn't want to have these jokes that I'm excited about doing right now, but could get better because I've only been doing them for so long. So, you know, to answer your question, yes. <laughs> I went back, I went back a ways. Uh, did you, uh, I, I've always enjoyed your joke style, which is why I think we're a good uh, compliment to each other um, in a show. And I yours. Because you're, you have great energy and you're so likable. But you can also you, your stuff is definitely in chunks where whether it's, you know, stuff about being married and kid stuff or some just observational stuff, some personal lifestyle stuff, uh, weight stuff, uh, whatever. And But you can also I don't know if that was ever like a uh, uh, on purpose move. What's the word for that? <laughs> um now you got me not being able to. Oh, man, I saw it. I couldn't conscious say it. decision. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> when you <laughs> an on purpose maneuver um, one of my favorite maneuvers other than the heimlich is the on purpose what other maneuvers are there heimlich on and purpose. what else <laughs> on purpose heimlich <laughs> the three fingers maneuver which goes back to the butt plug stuff uh uh but do you was that a conscious move to to be able to, even in, in like a 10 minute set, you could do one joke from each chunk and just kind of spread it out or, and was it difficult stringing uh, a through line together of the set? And did you have one or were you like, all right, I'm just going to do the chunk of this up top first. Cause it's fun and it's, it's personal. So it's a good, it's good get to know you material. And then I'll kind of, you know, go in the uh, theme of how my life has gone as far as like uh, marriage kid, you know what I'm saying? Cause I, I would feel like it would be premature to, premature to just open with like i have a baby right yeah for sure i definitely structured it in that kind of a way where it was like you can't just like immediately launch into your autobiography you know you gotta like you gotta do some get to know you stuff yeah it's all i mean it truly a stand-up set is truly like you know a first date or a business interview where you're like you need to you know give you know celebrate yourself share about yourself be self-deprecating be likable um but you can't come with the hits right away like you know tell me about yourself well uh you know 
I mean, unless you're, I guess, the current president, then it's just like, right. You know, I'm a, the perfect specimen. <laughs> I'm a perfect specimen. Mm-hmm. I heard him say today, but like, you wouldn't open with like the best of the best highlights. You want to like ease in with, like, what is your opening line on the album? Do you know? Um, I got. I I think it's just um. Blur, okay. Man. Okay. I I I enough you don't have to oh good time to take a drink right when i start talking perfect okay i feel like i i i feel like i always either i always comment on the energy it it, either like if it's too high i'm like all right i can't live up to that or if it's too low like all right why don't we bring the energy up a little bit it feels like if i need do i need to come down and match your energy by taking some sort of a sedative what's going like you know like yeah yeah yeah. I, i think at least for me, especially because the bulk of the time I'm featuring. And so at least on the road, you know, like, or even at the comedy store, like I, I'll do the nine o'clock spot a lot. And the energy level, you know, a first impression, whether it's like of you to the people who are watching you on stage or just in the show in general, like you need to, a tone needs to be set. And obviously tones can change throughout the show. Energy changes throughout the show, but it's important to like have a consistency in what your expectations are. And you know, the, obviously the audience has an expectation for you, but I've always liked to think that if you go up and tell the audience what your expectations are of them, everyone gets on the same page and that energy can be more fluid and that enthusiasm can be more fluid. And that way when there are dips and you call it out, you can just be honest and be real and like break the fourth wall a little bit. And everyone feels like they're getting an experience of the real you and you're experiencing the real them. Yeah. Has being married and having a kid made you a better comic? And because I have known you before, during and seeing you when we were in San Diego and got an Airbnb and seeing you interact in the pool with your wife, your lovely, beautiful wife, Sal and uh, Sally, call her Sal. <laughs> You're close enough. You can abbreviate. Okay. Um, uh, and then uh, I'm married to, to a guy named Sal, <laughs> a fat he, Italian guy named Sal, but he just transitioned. <laughs> uh, you're um, and the way you interact with your daughter it's like you're still very much <clears throat> and they adore you which i love that your humor and sensibility doesn't change and obviously uh, with sally and 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 she's got such a sharp uh, wit and bounces back with you which i which definitely and i can speak from my own experience helps because it's the same thing of growing up and having funny friends around us that don't just laugh and be yes men but also feed feed you set you up but then also you can set them up so you really can uh, learn how to have a give and take, right? And you and Sally have that. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's, it's you know, you don't think about your own life and, and interpersonal dynamic with your wife and kid in a certain way, but it's really cool to hear an outsider's perspective, especially from someone that, that we're so close with. And that's really cool. And yeah, like I don't, I'm not one of these people that is like a different person 
in my day-to-day like family life than I am with my boys. You know, I'm like the same, I'm, I'm, you know, we, everyone has different aspects of their personality and definitely there's like the doldrums of day-to-day life where you're kind of just like doing what you got to do, taking care of your kid, running errands, doing tasks, washing your face, wiping your daughter's tushy, things like that, where it's like your full personality is she wipes mine. I wipe hers. It's all part of the learning process (laughs) where you're like, your full personality isn't coming out all the time, but like, yeah, I am who I am with them. And, and that way there's like, no, um, I just don't want to have to like work extra hard to, to like hide who I really am. So I've just gotten the people in my life used to my, my outlandish personality. Yeah. Like you have a great joke that I don't know if it's on the album, but, and I'm going to butcher it, but it's about, it's about having some sort of wipes like next to the bed or something, something where it ends about you grossing her out. And she says, next time, just say blah, blah, blah. Is that on the album? It's about, I, I hope if it's not, I'm going to have to put it on the next album. I don't think it is. Fuck. I forgot. Maybe I, I did that bit at the show. I can't remember, but it's, it's like, um, my wife asked me what, like the joke is about how I don't know the difference between honesty and oversharing. I'm really honest. And my wife asked me, why do you keep a bottle of lube on your nightstand? And we've never used it. I'm like, it's hand sanitizer. Why do you have hand sanitizer on your nightstand? Well, sometimes in the middle of the night, my butthole itches and what I'm like, what am I not going to scratch it? It woke me up. Like I'm uncomfortable. I got to do something about it. So I'm not going to go to the bathroom to wash my hands. I'm already laying down. She's like, I'm going to stop you right there. Next time, just tell me you're cheating on me. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. And that that sounds, and that's definitely, it's also like, you can tell that that's probably a real conversation and you're, you're, um, I don't know. You, you weren't like a real angry person pre kid. But I know that it's mellowed you out a little bit. And I want to know, is that something that you welcome and celebrate that uh, how she's kind of affected your life and the way you write and just approach life or has I mean, obviously, there's still stresses that come with being a parent. Right. So there's a new set of things to be concerned about that can uh, derive material. Well, now I just use classic dad idioms like cool your jets or I've had it or I'm fed up. Have you said all um, those? Yeah. What's your go-to? I say, oh, I'm, I've had it up to here with you. I'm going to turn for the, I'm going to turn this goddamn car around. Yeah. yeah. I did see her in the street on, uh, um, on your Instagram during some Halloween, uh, parade in your cul-de-sac. We just moved into this new neighborhood and there's a house like a block away from us that does reggae concerts every Saturday night, and they did one for Halloween. Only Shyla was would move into a neighborhood, and where that sentence is is possible. I know the living there. <laughs> I know it's unreal. Wait, have but you met them, or did you just enjoy their tunes and wave? I just enjoy their tunes, and I am going to reach out to them. Oh. I'm very excited about it. And so your daughter oh. was just living it up in the street. She was jacked up on on sugar she was like crushing up nerds and snorting them (laughs) she's a danto (laughs) she's a danto for sure but you know what the to go back to your last question and and i'll follow it up with the answer to this one like 
I do feel like it's made me more mature of a comic and have more of a worldview and more relatable in general. But I do think it, it's taken away like I just don't hang out with my friends as much. And that's where I'm like really coming up with my most creative inspiration is like joking around with other comics and other friends that, you know, like me and you, we make each other funnier. Like when we're around each other, we're just more on and we all have as comics or even just friends who don't do comedy friends that like you feel funnier around. And And I don't, get necessarily as much of that but luckily like i feel that way with my wife and my kid um so but it's just different you need to get like different looks at it and like i obviously don't like a lot of my comedy before i settled down was about like getting fucked up and partying and doing degenerate type shit so there isn't that sort of uh creative inspiration to build around and that's okay because i've got new stuff and like more of a mature worldview and more broad topics that i cover now but um yeah definitely like having a kid makes you both angrier and less angrier like i i grew up loving costanza and jerry stiller and crotchety like crotchety curmudgeon devito devito characters that like like nothing like nothing will make them fly off the handle the littlest thing and i always thought that was funny and i kind of my parents both have short tempers so i always thought it's real funny and and so i adopted that but then it, it has mellowed me out and that like i've learned you know what is worth getting mad over picking your it's- battles Exactly. That's an acquired skill set, man, that I really have uh, in the last year, I think, tried to be aware of because it's just like some things are not worth it. And even online, I try to be very uh, implement that mindset of like, dude, do you really need to comment on somebody else's shit that you're not even friends with, (laughs) which I did yesterday. But I'm always doing it in jokes now. I at least I'm not just straight up being like, if I'm going to post something that is uh, clearly, you know, going to maybe create some some divide or, you know, some nasty follow ups from people I uh, haven't talked to in 20 years or don't know, I at least try to always have jokes. And then I'll like some kid (laughs) the other day, I should have saved it. He I commented on this is again, somebody who I'm not friends with page. Oh, Bronston Jones, a comedian. I commented on his um, uh, on his page because he posted something that was, you know, not uh, supporting Trump, which I was a fan of. And uh, and so I and then the guy commented on Bronson's thing with a lot of negativity and whatever. And then I commented on his thing and then I and he had basically his profile picture. I just always try to go to their profile and find something in there to like dissect. And it was just an owl. And I go, I've never trusted anyone whose profile pic was an owl. And uh, and he goes, uh, I don't even, you shouldn't talk. I can't even take what you're saying with any sort of validity because it's obviously not an owl. He said, like, it's a, I don't know, a Pegasus or like a, an aardvark. What's an owl adjacent? Is it, would, you, would you even know what creature? A griffin? Like a no. griffin? It was no. something else. It was like, oh, fuck, I was going to save it, but. Then even just that, I just put like, ha, and I was like, there's, that's the only thing you could have come back with, like, like, and then something else. And then I was just like, what am I, 
what am I doing? But again, like trying to be funny about it at least minimizes my emotional investment. But but especially with being a parent, I can only assume that there's a, a daily occurrences where you're like, am I going to get riled up about this or am I going to save that energy or try to harness that energy towards things that are going to help everybody versus, uh, you know, get my ass kicked at a 7-Eleven in front of my daughter? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's twofold because you don't want to take some sort of uh, mood change from an external situation, like some online commenter. Like, all right, today I went to go pick up lunch for my family with a friend of mine who just moved to LA who offered to help me unpack some boxes in my house. And there was a Trump caravan rally going on. And, you know, I, I don't understand this. Like, you're tr- like, what, what's the end game here? You're trying to gather support for a presidential candidate by causing traffic for other people and, and honking your horn and making noise it makes no sense. My friend yelled, fuck you to them. I was like, don't do that. Like, that's what they want. They want you to yeah. get mad at them. They want that attention. Yeah. If you just ignore it, that's going to make them mad. Yeah. They want you to get mad at them. And I think a younger, less mature, less um, child responsible version of me would have fucking yelled at them and gotten mad and been like, fuck this traffic, you assholes. And um, I would have taken that that, uh, emotion out on whoever I'm around after it's over. Cause it doesn't just end there. You know, you still feel your feelings. So like, I don't want to get involved in situations with like people at, at a store who's like making my day less convenient. Like that's the kind of thing that pisses me off. Like don't make my life less convenient. Okay. Don't be a dick. <laughs> But I, I don't get upset about those things anymore. But also, you don't want to set a bad example for your kid and show them that that's like how you should react by like flying off the handle and getting mad about everything. So there's not going to be a Sandy Danto Karen video at a uh, Whole Foods anytime <laughs> soon? Adam, there's always a good possibility that what I'm <laughs> what I'm saying will not apply to any given situation. These are just things I've learned and that I try to apply on a daily basis. I try to meditate for one minute a day. That's what me and my therapist, that's our plan. One minute Whoa. a day of just closing your eyes and breathing. And it's pretty achievable. Wow. But one minute is is that sounds very achievable. Like 20 minutes, you lost me. You lost me at Hey, how about, nope, you lost me, but only a minute. If you don't got time for that, you don't got time. Just for close that. your eyes and take one deep breath. I guarantee you it'll fix some of your life. But that being said, you don't know. Everybody's got their breaking point. Everybody can be triggered. You know, like I definitely think it's still funny to get angry and it's fun. Yeah. It's fun to yell at people. I know it because you, you know what? It's not about that situation. You're never like so angry because someone cut you in line at Walgreens. You're angry about something else and you're taking it out on someone in your life or someone who's not in your life. So there's no consequences. Yeah, I I, uh, I yelled at a family that was uh, falling around uh, 
<clears throat> my fiance at a grocery store for about an hour that was definitely trying to kidnap her. And so I walked into the Ralphs and beeline right to him and just start screaming at him. And they all looked like people that would kidnap someone from a grocery store. And they all didn't say anything. They all just were like, like the son was like, and the mom was like, and the dad was like, and I was like, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, Hey, stop following around my girl and trying to kidnap her. You fucking weirdos. And they all just were like, I didn't say like, Hey, you got the wrong people. Like back off, buddy. They all just went like, eh, you got it. And they all looked I, if central casting was casting the three grocery store kidnappers. Hey, these people were them. It was the Goonies mom and fucking <laughs> the kid who was trying, that was making fun of Jonathan Taylor Thomas for having cancer on home improvement. And, uh, the, the David Hyde Pierce's crackhead stand in. That's who these. I just imagine guys with bangs. A lot of bull haircuts, and the mom had like yes. a trench coat, but like, you know, a trench coat that she was looking to fill with granola bars and toilet paper, not watches and wallets. Jesus. Yeah, Christ. terrifying. Amanda is very like kidnappable. <laughs> I was, that's what I was going to say. I was like, you know what? <laughs> If I was a kidnapper and I saw her, I'd be like, that's that's the yeah, because you're not looking perfect. to sex trafficker. You're looking to make a friend and you're like, hey, she'll probably add some positivity to my She's life. So, you know what? She would get kidnapped and she would, you know, she would just be friendly about it. She'd be sweet and she well, would fight. She would like she would do she would fight back. She would stick up for herself, but she would also just be pleasant to be. She's so nice to be around. Yeah, like that's why you'd want to kidnap her. You'd be like, "This is a nice person to be around. Good energy, sweet, caring." So the album's called Daddy "Not Boy. So Bad to Look At." <laughs> Should I dig myself a deeper hole <laughs> about kidnapping your fiance, your sweet fiance? By the way, where's that reality show from the producers of Ninety Day Fiance come <laughs> kidnapping your fiance? Do you watch any? Uh, do you have any go-to programs during the queue? Oh my God, dude. I've watched so many. I, I, right now I'm just in the thick of the wire. I watched it all the way through for the first time and I just started over, but I've watched dude, 90 day fiance is so good. It is. Um, I should get into it, huh? Yeah, it's great. But I've watched better call Saul breaking bad. Mm -hmm. Um, the watchmen, uh, so many. I can't even remember all the shows I've watched in the quarantine. There, oh, like just do you do you remember the show called Tiger King? Do you remember that shit? Yeah, that was. It's funny how. I think we also loved that show even more because we knew it. It represented like this is going to get us through this time, and then we'll be back to normal. So Dude, I, I we're yeah. going to talk about Tiger King the way our grandparents talk about fighting in World War II. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and the then Joe Exotic married another young boy who wasn't even gay. <laughs> the fact that Carol Baskin is not related to the ice cream fortune and is still relevant is crazy to me. Yeah, but that's the power of television. And, you know, that's the power of social media. And that's why when people listen to Daddy Boy, they need to be active with sharing it, <clears throat> telling their friends about it. I know you got some clips that you posted from it, which is uh, essential. Are there um, are there are there things that you uh, that you think about now uh, that you go, oh man, 
uh, I had, this is, this is going to be like, is there a certain time that you would go, Hey, put this album on, you know what I'm saying? Like, is it a great, like sit down, smoke a J album? Is it a great, have it on in the background driving? You know what I'm saying? Cause there's some albums that are just so there definitely is a, a musicality to comedy and you have a very easy listening style. So I feel like it's like, <laughs> but it's like, you, you know, there's certain things you don't like, I won't listen to a, um, like a Stephen Wright album while I work out, but I'd listen to a Gaffigan album because he's got enough energy yeah, yeah, yeah. and enough jokes per minute to keep me interested. And you're the same way. But is there a, is there a, um, a time and a, a place? Great, it's a great comedy album to kidnap someone to. <laughs> um. <laughs> hey guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Hope you're enjoying this episode. Obviously, it's a very difficult time for everyone right now. We're all uh, challenged in finding a day-to-day routine that, uh, that makes our lives uh, consistent and awesome. And if there's something that's interfering with your happiness right now or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. Uh, BetterHelp is a professional counseling service online, private, and it's so convenient. Um, I've used it for a little bit now. It's truly the only way... Uh, that I found uh, to help get uh, my own issues dealt with on my own time uh, at my own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions plus chat and text with your licensed professional counselor right now. They're specialized in depression, anger, stress, anxiety, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief or relationships, uh, sleeping, which I have a lot of uh, trouble with, trauma, self-esteem, anything that you share with them is confidential. And guess what? If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, at any time, you can request a new one for no additional charge. There's 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states available worldwide. And again, there's four ways to communicate with them. Text, chat, phone, and video. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's available on any desktop, mobile web, Android, and iOS apps. Schedule a video or phone session, generally weekly, unless your therapist schedules more. Uh, unless you just are really not sleeping and need to get some uh, some some additional chats in, uh, there's broad expertise in the network which may not uh, which may not be locally available in many areas. Financial aid is available for those who qualify. It's secure. It's convenient. It's professional, and above all, it's affordable. All right, it's truly the most affordable option I found. So right now. All ALN listeners are going to get 10% off your first month with a discount code about last night. So why not get started today and start making some changes for the better in your life? You deserve it. So go to betterhelp.com slash about last night. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash about last night. Betterhelp.com slash about last night and get 10% off your first month with promo code about last night. And now back to the episode. Somebody... Somebody DM'd me and said they were listening to it on Mushrooms, and I was, like, really flattered because, you know, I'm a big fan of exploring yourself in the world by by way of uh, psychedelic substances. So yeah. that's very cool to me. And, um, yeah, get, sitting down smoking a J on, a, on, like, a long car ride or just in short, you know, just listen to little uh, snippets, uh, track, track at a time, you know, here and there. But... Um, you know what's weird? I don't know. Do you remember hearing about comedy at like Red Fox's party album? Like you used to hear, but like old comics like put out albums and they were party. Like 
you'd go to a party in in the 60s or the 70s and someone would put a comedy album on. Can yes. you imagine if that happened now? Like that just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, like people sitting around. I mean, I guess it does happen for like Chappelle or Burr, like people Sebastian. There's there's quite a few guys, Andrew Schultz. I mean, <clears throat> there's people that come out with stuff and people gather around the the fire. Yeah, the I think that's different. I think that's like comedy fans getting together to experience that sort of thing. But if you're just at a party and people, you know, drinking, oh, just, and yeah, yeah, there's music, it. maybe there's some little hors d'oeuvres out, you know, like yeah. pigs in blanket. Ooh, everyone's favorite hors d'oeuvre at a party. Chips what would you, and guac, what would you like a really good guac. And somebody put on a comedy album, you'd be like, you're killing the vibe, man. Like, because you got to like listen to the jokes, you know? sometimes you catch a punchline here and there and you laugh, but like there's, there's stuff you'll miss or it just doesn't feel right. If you're not like you can work out and listen to it. Yeah, for sure. But you, it's just the kind of thing you got to pay attention to, I guess. You, you I couldn't do, you couldn't do these <clears throat> Sandy Dando, uh, Danto workout videos though, which have gotten you quite famous on Instagram, <laughs> which you even come up to on stage as a credit and you've even gotten kicked out of gyms for being so brave i think in arizona right you got asked to leave the gym and threw quite the fuss uh, there was a gym patron who i got into a fight with which i i i took that anger with me afterward but yeah we we he was taking videos of me and i was like that's happened before and it's because people think it's funny to see a uh, a husky fella dancing and being agile and and on a treadmill like being agile yeah going going like i sometimes i'll set up like three treadmills in a row and do dance moves across all three yeah it's ambitious and yeah yeah and i i'm i'm trying to get i'm tempting fate on purpose because if i catch myself getting hurt on a treadmill on video world star straight to the world star america's funniest you know Tom Bergeron, here I come, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, this guy, I was like, hey, would you mind sending me that video? He's like, no. I was like, why not? He's like, I'm sending it to the manager of the gym. You can't be doing that. I was like, are you fucking with me? He's like, no. And he was being like a genuine asshole. And then I was just like, you can't film people without their permission. Send it to me or delete it from your phone. Like you can, let's go tell the manager right now what I was doing. Let's see if he cares. Adult signed a, I signed a waiver waiving my right to, to the gym being liable. Like, why are you being a old man, Karen? He was just an old man, Karen. And then I, I made him delete it. And he, after like 20 minutes of arguing, it was annoying, but you know what? It's a fun, funny story. And, uh, I'm getting a treadmill. I got a. I just bought a green screen, and I'm getting a treadmill, and I'm gonna do treadmill videos in front of the green screen. So it's like, oh, Sandy's um dancing on a treadmill in Turkey right now. Very not cool to the Armenians, but he's doing it. Are you gonna? Wow. Wow. Or like Sandy's in Antarctica on a treadmill. I didn't even know they had treadmills there. I mean, if you can, I wonder what sort of, if you did like a treadmill dancing video with like penguins just walking around behind you in Antarctica, <laughs> would you get some sort of like PETA hate mail? I don't know. Where, did, where do PETA, like, are penguins tied to PETA? 
I think penguins are, but let me ask you this. If a PETA member moves into a house that has a rat infestation. Oh boy, is this some like fucked up riddle? <laughs> no, but like, all right, like we, before we moved into the house, we had to get an exterminator. Yeah, that's there customary. Were, there were rats and like, no one wants to live with rats. So if you're like an animal rights person, yeah, you move rat into a place with rats. Good, but not based on a true story. Right, but like, are you making Ratatouille the, the reality show? Or are you, call, are you like... Don't tell anyone else in PETA, but I got an exterminator. Yo, rats, ferrets, raccoons. Bye-bye. Mary possums? Hey, no. <laughs> no one needs your three rows of teeth, possums. You're gross. Uh, yeah, possums, no one likes you. rats, even mice. Mice. People that are like, they're Ew. so cute. What? No. <laughs> what? Dude, do you also look at your shit after you and, and go, oh, do we have? That was a good possum? one. Do we have to flush it? Do we have, can we keep it, Mom? Oh, yeah. Any verm, vermin of... Any, Mice are poop with tails. And rats are yes. diarrhea. And possums are... You know, like, or they're all kidney just... Kidney stones with They're tails. just... I don't know. They're and rodents. They're so... They're not... Maybe they're friendly. But look, anything that just is running around, like... Squirrels are the only one I'll give an exception to. I still wouldn't yeah, bring... they got that cute bushy tail. Yes, and they've also they do been, the thing with the acorns, you know. Yes, they've also been, uh, you know. Um, well, see now, I guess I'm I'm going against my own thought, saying like Chippendales Rescue Rangers. Well, well I was going to say Chipmunks honorable mention, Chippendale. <laughs> why? Why is there a kids show with the same name as a all male dance review? I've never understood that. But you never see a cartoon possum, right? Hell no. You never see. I mean, and Walt Disney made a huge gamble. Uh, putting everything on the shoulders of a cartoon mouse. But did he make Mickey and Minnie look like the mice that you see with those beady little red eyes? Hell no. He made them barely recognizable to other mice. Yeah, here's Walt Disney in the pitch meeting that uh, trying to get them to uh, do a story about mice. He's like, we should make some cartoon Jews, possums. Oops. <laughs> they go, what'd you some just Jewish say? Jewish possums. Jewish possums. Two things everyone hates. Splash Mountain's open. Did you hear? <laughs> by Walt Disney. <laughs> oh, my God. That just reminds me of the Jimmy and Joey joke. Italians don't go to Disneyland because Mickey Mouse, he's a rat. He's <laughs> only got four fingers. What happened to the fifth one? Cut it off for being now, a rat. Now that's Italian. That's Italian. Yeah, they do. And every joke. I remember in the main room, I <laughs> went up before them and went out to watch them. Because remember, we would do their shows at like the Sportsman's Lodge and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And they do the joke where they go, I went up to this girl and said, Hey, do you like meatballs? Or you go, first of all, it was like, Hey, Jimmy. He's like, Yeah, Joey. So I met this girl the other day. Keep going. I will. And I said, hey, do you like meatballs? And she goes, yeah. And I go, well, then meet these balls. Now that's, that's Italian. Italian. I was like, no, that's actually sexual harassment. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for playing. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, is, uh, is, is having a new house, is it just, I mean, like, talk about, this has been a great, we're talking about this, when um, when I saw you before I came down under, um, which I think I rented before I also flew to Australia, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you came over and and just were having probably the best month of your life, right? Yeah. Some personal sweet news, 
some uh, family rocking and rolling. Uh, I think you hadn't got the house yet that you were, or no, you just maybe closed on it. Um, and uh, album coming out, movie coming out, comedy store doc you were in, which was incredible, which I want to talk about that before we wrap up. But uh, yeah, I got like two sentences in it. Dude, hey, that's more than I got. I got a pan by and seeing a blurry me. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> you see it? It was. It may have been blurry to you, but it was very clear to me. <laughs> well, but because I was very clearly sitting in the row of OR chairs, looking at Binder and the camera crew leaning forward, like. So it was very obvious. Uh, guys, <laughs> you, you guys, guys shooting wanna, something? You guys want to ask me some questions about answering phones for three years? Um, do you have a great Mitzi story? I mean. I'm lucky enough to have gotten to spend time with Mitzi Polly, who I started interning for before I really got, he, I interned for him while I was working another full-time job. And then the first time I met Mitzi, she was at the store with Tommy and I was working the door and I was really scared. And I just said hi to her and uh, that it was good to see her here. And then Tommy came up to me later. She's like, Mitzi thinks you have good energy, so we'll let you stay working the door and doing stand-up. Because otherwise, you'd just be back in the video room. But then I was lucky enough that, that you know, I have a relationship with Polly. He would take me over to spend time with his mom. And sometimes she was out of it. But other times, she either, like, thought I was somebody else. I'm convinced that there were times she thought I was Belushi. And she was, like, joking around with me. And... There were times when she like she would joke around with me and like make fun of Polly to me. And there were other times she's like, oh, you're Polly's friend and not be that nice to me. And other times where I just like I would talk to her and she just would not respond at all. So Polly coach you on how to, uh, you know, uh, in, in engage with her. Yeah, dude, it's my mom. You know, she's the queen. She's the queen of stand-up, so you got to make a good impression. Just, you know, like, don't talk too much and, like, you know, be cool, be who you are, just be yourself. She'll like you. You're funny looking, so she'll like you. And she, I would, she's like, hey, mom, this is my friend. Isn't he funny looking? She'd be like, ah, yeah. Did you feel pressure to do a joke or anything in front of her? Or would he say, do it, do it? Bit? No, he said, don't, he said, don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I knew, I knew not to do that. But the first time I ever met her and Polly and his mom are both Jewish. The first time I ever met her, well, the first time was with Tommy. The second time we, we brought her a Christmas tree. He's like, dude, we're going to go pick out a Christmas tree, bring it to my mom. And we brought her a Christmas tree. And this was the time I think she thought I was somebody else because she was joking around with me. She's like, what do I fucking need a Christmas tree for, Polly? I'm fucking Jewish. <laughs> wow, dude. Yeah, that's it's uh yeah, it it's a bummer that we can't have like an album release party for you at the store. And I think we should when things resume. Thank we you. should do one anyway, because you know we would and people would flock to it and support. Um just like everyone should do with this uh, with this album, Daddy Boy, which is available everywhere, top to bottom. You're, uh, it's not only something to be funny on stage and to have honed your craft like you have since I've known you and have your writing get exponentially better. And it's cool to have a front row seat to somebody that that truly not only stage presence gets better, you somehow get more likable uh, 
which and then the writing just you know uh you you grow into uh into your words a little bit more and it's like you end up cutting fat on things and things just you know you you can tell when you see like something that's happened or that something you've said how you can uh a, a much quicker uh implement it into your set and uh and start to play around with it um so i'm a big fan of you and this album and i'm pumped that you finally did one and uh and everybody should go listen to it and enjoy it adam like from the bottom of my heart i really that means so much to me especially i feel that way about you you're like it, it's i don't know i don't want to get all emotional but I, <laughs> cry I and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm getting i'm a little well tell people um, what's the uh oh boy good good thing you're not acting on the album uh is there uh is there <laughs> wait speaking of acting though what's the movie that that's coming out oh it's out tar it's a horror movie cool it's it's you know it's a, it's what you expect of a horror movie that that's uh, that's um coming out but i'm funny in it and there's some really fun funny parts and so right. you know it's like a comedy horror movie it's really cool and um I got a new show coming out on Jewish Life TV. Awesome. If you happen to just be scrolling through the 700s on your guide, you might be able to find me on a show called The Word. And um, what is that about? It's 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 like a panel show where we like riff about parts of the Torah. <laughs> it's it's. You know what? It's 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 as funny as it sounds. It's actually like been funny and fun to do. It's not like heavy-handed religious shit, which it sounds like. I wouldn't do it if it was that, but it's like, you know, it's 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 lighthearted. It's cool. It's How many fun. canters have slid into your DMs? <laughs> Just about as many cancers. I'm not talking about the disease. I'm talking about the astrological sign, baby. Oh my God! Jewish Life TV, dude. If yeah, if you got the seven hundreds, what cable provider or package do you need? To I'm have? not. I don't even know if it really exists. Maybe I'm just getting paychecks that are all gonna bounce. But <laughs> I've been doing this show over Skype, and I don't know if it's real or not. <laughs> the biggest dude. Here's a new conspiracy for all those uh, flat earthers. Jewish I'll Life just, TV ain't even real, man. I'll just say this for all the conspiracy theorists that think Jews run the media, Google Jewish life TV and you'll realize that that Jews yeah. do not run the media. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Um, well, congrats, man. And um, dude, thank you. I miss yeah, you. I miss hope you have a ton of fun in New Zealand. I'm so psyched for you doing that. Me too. If I ever go, I'm in Australia, though, so I'll try to enjoy it here. Are you? Yeah, you thought it was. I st I had a layover in New Zealand. Maybe that's. Oh um, yeah, I got dude New Zealand right. <laughs> New Zealand. Oh you no, know, I'm in Australia. Dude New Guinea. No. Dude Papa New Guinea. That's yeah. That is Papa dude, Roach. Papa Papa Roach, bro. <laughs> Polly, I watched House Guest for the second time in in my quarantine. <laughs> dude, I'm sorry. No, it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, the I premise know. is really great. Um, hey, uh, real quick, uh, uh, we talked about 
Danny DeVito earlier and just how you uh, adore short, uh, shorter fellas uh, being uh, being filled with rage. And you do a great DeVito. Is there is there ever a world where um, we could hear uh, Danny Danto DeVito or Daddy Danny DeVito or Daddy D- Daddy Danto DeVito or some version of that? Give a review or a, a pitch for people to go listen to Daddy Boy. Yeah, yeah. I wish you weren't in Australia and I could do the. Um prank call treatment to your favorite Thai restaurant is Danny DeVito, which probably isn't even open right now. Oh, we still probably could. You could pull up a Thai restaurant right now. (laughs) (laughs) We'll save it for the next podcast, but, um, actually I could pull, I mean, I could pull it up on my phone and you could do it through the computer. (laughs) (laughs) I'll call him. I, I want the pod Thai, but I want you to make it with a little extra spice, if you know what I mean. Stick it in one of your crevices. <laughs> but do it while you're listening to Daddy Boy. All right, let's see here. Oh, they're all closed. Yeah, it's late. Oh, really? What time is it there? 11.40. 40, 40, 11.40. Bummer. All right, next time. I want you to I want you to give me a chicken satay that you that you nuzzle underneath your armpit while you listen to track three of Daddy Boy, Sandy Danto's comedy debut album that me and my wife Rhea Perlman have listened to on repeat while we bang in a Wendy's dumpster. <laughs> I love the track about him making his uh, kids have a rat tail so that they won't get molested. I know personally, my wife Rhea Perlman would never molest a kid with a rat tail. You're familiar with with Cheers's Rhea Perlman? Oh yeah, she's been my wife for many years. Wasn't she in Matilda? She was the mom in Matilda, right? She's the mother in Matilda. I I wrote and directed the film. Of course, it's an adaptation from the Roald Dahl book. Real anti-Semitic author, but wrote some great stuff. <laughs> Source material for the movie Matilda, which I starred, co-starred with my wife, Rhea Perlman. I directed. We banged on set several times. It became a real problem for the sag after people. Wasn't it like a, it was like in your writer to have like purple Skittles, like yellow fruity pebbles only. And like for like a window for you to bang in front of all the extras. I did have a stipulation in my contract that the extras did have to watch me bang while they showered me with yellow fruity pebbles. And yes, that did happen. And there were several people that needed to be paid off by the studio. But those are in the days when there were big Hollywood budgets and they could afford things like that. (laughs) Thank God there was no social media back then. <laughs> Got to think about how good a press that would have been from a children's movie like Matilda. <laughs> oh, I love you, love you, Daddy too, boy. Man. Go get it everywhere. We'll put a. I'll be posting a link in a video uh, tomorrow morning for people to go uh, while this is out. It's actually already out, so as we speak. But uh, Thank go. Thank you so much for doing this. I, I love you. This you got it. I love so, you too. So much fun. God one damn. of the funniest people ever. Yeah. Good just to see someone. When someone, the guy came in to do my COVID test on day 10 
and uh, he was in a hazmat suit. And after he put the fucking thing in my throat and my nose, I was like, dude, honestly, you can put it anywhere. This is the first person I've seen in 10 days. And I was like, you want to hang out and have a beer? He's like, nope. And I was like, all right, all right. You sure? You want to you hang out and do COVID tests on each other? <laughs> I was, me, and Re, me and Rhea have been giving each other COVID tests since the 90s. We just, Good night, we just, everybody. <laughs> we just stick pieces of floss up each other's nose and bang. Uh, I love you, bud. Love you too, man. Thank you. All right. Cool. That was great. Thank you so much, Fun. Yeah, man. Yeah, thanks for uh, staying up a little later to do it. So what were you, you were, you were singing to uh, Shy? You do her nightly sings? So the nighttime routine is that Sally, like, I can't be in there for the beginning of the bedtime routine because I get Shiloh too riled up. Just your existence? Just me being in there. Even if I'm like laying down in the corner on my phone, she'll she run over have... to me and like play and like want me like jump on me and like pl- like. So Sally's like the one that gets her calmed down. Holy and then shit! Once Sally's like read her some books and like turned off the lights and gotten her calmed down and put her in bed. Then I come in and Shiloh. As soon as I come in, she goes, "Daddy songs," and I sing her. I sing her songs. You know what her one of her requests consistently has been lately, and it makes Please. me think of you every time. DuckTales. She's obsessed with DuckTales. Fuck. Now I'm like, so... ducks, ducks, ducks. And I'll sing DuckTales and she'll sing it along <clears throat> with me. It's so cute. Now I'm so, oh god, now that makes me even more <clears throat> upset that I'm not launchpad. I know, but you know, it'll happen. That's amazing. Is she uh so wait, so that then you sing that and she's that... into the she's into the original one anyway. So oh, okay, good. <laughs> uh that's amazing. How's the new house? Dude, I can't wait to have you over. It's so fucking awesome. Are you in heaven? Yeah, it's really I'm not because unpacking and like getting shit. Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah. And like you for I forgot about house noises. You know, like oh, you're noises starting... in the night from from like different stuff in the house and i'll like i've woken up the last few nights like what the fuck was that it's like oh it's the house the house noise (laughs) like the air conditioning is turning on i did i forgot about that yeah i was gonna say like what things are is there um uh is it make it tough to sleep or it's just like so new that it's not like i'm just not like comfortable it's not like my comfort zone yet, but it's just cause like there's boxes everywhere and chaos. And like, we've had workers here like all day, every day, like electricians, um, guys doing our kitchen and bathrooms. And so it's just chaos. But like, once that's all over, it'll be easier to settle into. I'm so pumped for you, man. I can't wait to come over as soon as I get back. We'll, we'll do that. When are you back? November 19th. Okay, not too not too long. Too I'm bad. so psyched for what you're doing. Thanks, and I cannot man. wait to watch it. Yeah, I got 10, uh, 10 more days until I shoot. So wow. why what's the are you you're still you're out of quarantine? Though, out of right? quarantine, yeah. I had this is my second day. So um what is what's the gap? What's the big gap in between quarantine and shooting? Just they're just you know, sketch show shoot schedule and you know what uh 
I'm sure they just wanted people here too, just in case things yeah, yeah, yeah. shifted and, and, uh, you know, I don't know, in case you, something happened and you had to quarantine again. I don't know. Yeah. What but city? Are- Brisbane. I've had shit. Oh. And Ronnie oh. Chang helped me, uh, set up with a few shows. I'm going to do one on Wednesday and, um, Sweet. And, uh, so the gold coast, mate. The Gold Coast is so super cool. They've been filming there. I think I, it's only an hour away. So I think I'm going to maybe go there in the next couple of days. But, you know, I wake up early to do Hyundai and stuff. And I've been, I have other things to do and self tapes here and there. And like this script that I'm re, uh, re, uh, thing I wrote based on that Stu Temperature uh, party character from back in the day. I wrote okay. it with those uh, two guys. Oh, uh, I think Peter and Sam, you've met them before. Those um, uh-huh. sketch guys are bad weather film guys or whatever. And, uh-huh. uh, we wrote it and I, you know, I got a bunch of general meetings out of it, but nobody wanted to make it, but all these, it was a thing that got me meetings. And, and I was like, well, I should go back through it. I really love that movie and whatever. I wrote it four years ago. I realized I pull it up, dude, I'm on page 70 of completely rewriting, punching up. I mean, the, wow. so it's been fun because the whole base is there. So now I'm just going through punching it up, but I'm reading it being like, I can't believe I, put my name on this like it's not not funny it's just i so much stuff i'm just like here's how it's to make just this not better. mature it's not like it's like not it, i mean it's fine to have some blue things i just every i just made better jokes better choices yeah, yeah specified a lot of story stuff made it made the character which was a big note a lot more likable and uh man i'm just it's so i'm, I'm finishing it's that funny up. i've rewritten two pilot scripts in quarantine yeah and felt things i'm like I sent this to people. I know. I have. I just came up with a movie idea that I think I'm gonna write for you to be the lead. It's called Moving Day. It's a horror comedy movie. Yes. It's Moving Day. Moving's a nightmare, and like the first act is all like social nightmare stuff, where it does the whole like the horror movie thing, where it's like the the suspenseful mu- music, but it's all like social situations that you would be horrified to be in like the movers broke your priceless vase (laughs) and you didn't get the insurance and it's like or like they showed up late and now there's nowhere to park the moving van and you all your neighbors are mad at you because the fucking you know like all like the it's like basically like curb if it was framed as a social horror movie but then the second act it's like actually the house that he moved into is haunted that's great he's got his black friends there to help him move and they're like he's like yeah i guess someone was murdered here or something he's like we're from uh we're from detroit every house that everyone lived in someone was murdered in. he's like i think i'm gonna call the cops and then they hear the horror movie they're like no don't call the cops and they're afraid of the you know what i mean like so there's like a lot of elements of like comedy and horror but then people it. actually do get murdered i love it yeah that's uh, yeah i'm sure yeah i'm sure there's so many like just even going through what you're going through moving wise like it's probably just sparred so many ideas right so just because many. you're focusing on so many new like life details of interactions between yeah you and the movers and meeting new neighbors it's just, just always the like new neighbors thing is, is hence fun the new and... neighbors but there's yeah, yeah. takes on that here let me take a picture of us real quick Wait, wait, let me turn on my light. Yeah, yeah. Great. All right, bud. Well, hopefully yeah. I'm talking to you about a, a successful Tuesday. Can't believe tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Yes. Let's uh, let's chat this week. Thank you so much, Adam. Yeah, it was really- great, bud.
really great. And I'll post. I want to have you on mine too. So if you're bored in the next week, let me know. Of course. And I'll post a, a clip. It's too late now, so I'll do it tomorrow, and then uh, cool. post some clips from this throughout the week too. Thank you. Yeah. You're the Love best. You, bud. Love you too, man. All right. Talk to you soon.